Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wake up in the morning feeling like. Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. <laughs> Danielle Shard Waterman. <laughs> why did you start it like that this week? You know why I did. Because every time I, I ring you, you pick up the phone and go, Laura Jean Jones, in the worst Welsh accent ever. And I would say, oh, why don't you start the pod like that? Because I don't get a chance. Can't get word and edge rays around here. Hey, that's that's that's. And to be fair, I was actually going to sing Skater Boy, considering your recent addition. But you've worn a you've worn a beanie a couple of times on this call. I am interested. Is this a fashion statement or not? Because you've spoken about berets. You just said this call makes this feel like a corporate obligation on your part. <laughs> Secondly, because I've had a scrunchie in my hair for the past two days, which gives me, I, I mean, I don't feel like I get like traction alopecia because I've got quite a low hairline. I'm lucky in that sense. But I, it really like makes it stick up at my crown. So I've just put the beanie on because it's really quite sticky up underneath. So it's not cold in your house then? It is cold in my flat though. It is always cold in there my we go. Flat fashion doubling up to keep you warm yeah do you know what i've actually i've hot water bottled at least half a dozen times already really yeah yeah it's quite cold i mean i've been slamming on the heating not gonna lie yeah have you had a nice week i mean we obviously haven't caught up very much (laughs) um oh my god what was that noise i just made (laughs) um i have had a busy that's a lie i haven't had a busy week I, on Thursday, was busy. I went to Devon. I know you did, and because my mum found out that you'd been to Devon and was very disappointed that you didn't call in. I didn't go to North Devon. because But to get to the South, you drive through the North. Yes, I know, but I was in a rush. <laughs> also, you know, COVID restrictions. I lived in fear of being pulled over. Uh, I don't know why, because I didn't see a police car the whole time. Um, but I went down to see Scotland captain Stuart Hogg at home to have a bit of a yarn about his recent successes and play in Wales this coming weekend. So He's not had a bad couple of weeks, to be fair to him. <laughs> what? He's just like the nicest human in the world. Like I've known Hoggy a few years and 
I got down there. Obviously, I was really excited that he'd won the Champions Cup, you know, less than a week previously. And the big thing on my mind was, I want to have a go on the medal. And he had no idea where it was because Gillian, his <laughs> wife, put it somewhere for safekeeping. So he didn't even know where it was. I was like, oh, where, where's the medal? He went, I, I don't know, actually. And Gillian <laughs> went to have a haircut. And yeah, he couldn't find the medal for me. So... To be fair, he has got three young kids and it would probably have been like, well, could have been put anywhere, Absolutely, let's be honest. Yeah, that's, a very <laughs> that's a very good point. It's quite funny though, because I, obviously over the years, it's a, it's a very odd and strange job to have that you go into people's homes quite a lot. And we talked last week about like being on Zoom and seeing inside people's houses, but I physically have been to lots of rugby players' houses and stuff over the years. And they're... <laughs> You either get people who have no memorabilia and no clue to what their career was or someone like Hoggy, who if he was on a version of Celebrity Through the Keyhole, you would barely get through the front door or realising... <laughs> Show the carpet like all the way. Yeah, it was tartan. Uh, he hasn't got a tartan carpet. But it's, um, yeah, like he's just got so much because, and that's the thing I love about Stu, there's nothing worse for me as a bit of a rugby anorak and a big rugby fan than meeting big name players, former players who make you feel a little bit um, embarrassed about being a rugby fan. Hoggy is the biggest rugby fan. It's probably a second only to Ken Owens. He is a rugby fan and he loves it and he loves that he is this lucky to be part of this sport. So yeah, it was just so lush to catch up with him. And yeah, the feature is on this week's BBC Scrum 5. So if you don't catch it on Monday night, you can catch it on the iPlayer. And I've had a little sneak preview. It's not too bad. Um, did notice that you're wearing shoes and Stuart wasn't, but let's not go into that. Um, what do you think when you come around my house? Because I'm I'm not really a memorabilia type of person either. Do you think I should um, should I make a bit more of an effort? I guess obviously in your case there are very obvious omissions. So um, I've talked before about the World Cup medal, but I think the thing for me is you've got your Olympic cap on the shelves, but nowhere to be seen in the house is your Gloucestershire sports personality. <laughs> That's because mum's put it up on the fireplace at home. And actually she's had a model made that will go on top of the Christmas tree. <laughs> Can we get t-shirts? Podcast t-shirts with a picture of your face and Gloucestershire sports personality. Oh, stop it. It sounds like I'm ungrateful. I'm sorry anyone that's from no, Gloucestershire. I, I don't think it is. I think, you know, obviously it's perished <laughs> by you. I just still think it's the funniest thing in the world of your achievement. <laughs> I thought my Uick, my, um, I'll, uh, I'll make sure that's that my... what it's up though. You were runners up to the sports yeah. personality of the year. So, you know, it's not as big a deal when you're runner up. <laughs> but I can only assume that you lost to a really big name that year, Mikey Rowe or someone like that. Uh, what What have you been doing with your time? Well, I, I've been looking through my diary because I knew that you'd ask me, thinking I've been really busy. I'll have loads to talk about. And um, I, I don't know why, but I don't seem to have done anything. Um, I thought you said last week on the pod that you were going to Ireland on Friday. So how was that trip? <laughs> yeah, didn't quite make it across to water. Um, I'm actually a bit gutted because I was going to catch up with Dee. Um, and uh, yeah, socially, massively socially distanced because obviously it's such a um, big thing over there with them in lockdown. But yeah, it, there, um, there wasn't an opportunity to travel over to Ireland, unfortunately. So yeah, did the commentary um, from England, which was interesting. And nice challenge for me to be fair like I 
loved the opportunity in a weird way. Um, I was incredibly nervous to start off with, but you know, I think whenever you're new to anything, um, it's, it's pretty tough because you, especially when you're like me and one of the most competitive people in the whole world, um, you want to do well right from the start. So yeah, to... Do you feel pressured by it then as, as someone who, it's not just a case of, I guess, you personally being new to it, but women in general are new to being co-commentators at this level. Do you feel a pressure that you're very much a, um, a white rhino in that sense? Um... <laughs> in the wild was what I, <laughs> I definitely feel pressure and and I definitely probably put more pressure than's necessary on myself because I don't want to be in that role because I'm a woman I want to be there because I'm good and you know it, there are plenty of women that are involved in rugby well to an extent we are seeing women on our screens the lovely Laura Jane Jones on on scrum five you've got you know Lee McKenzie it works I work with with Channel 4, Sarah Elgin on BT Sport, you know, like, so it's brilliant. But actually, all of you guys are media professionals. Like, that's what you do. What I did was play. And so I'm coming from a different position of, yes, a lot of experience, but it's just how I can deliver that in the new setting. And I'm just really lucky that I've got such cool people around me to help me learn and develop and, and also back me um, to, to keep doing well because... I want to make sure that by the time the next generation of players come through and retire, they're not battling with the fact that they're new. They're battling with the fact that they've got other competition from girls and I, I think and and men. And actually, it doesn't matter male or female. You've just got to be really good at your job. Um, and and that's what gets you the gig. I think one thing I would really like to say about it is that um, I don't know why I put so much emphasis on I then, like my opinion matters, but um, there's on this podcast, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of chat in general about uh, female athletes having a platform in sport and on men's sport specifically and how it's tokenism. And yet it is very rare to hear a female lead commentator on women's sport. So it's not like we've got, two women doing women's rugby and two men doing men's rugby. We have had a man and a woman doing women's rugby, but two men doing men's rugby up to this point. I know globally two female lead commentators in Sarah Orchard and Ricky Swanell, two in the world. So let's not... They're, good at it. They're really very good at it. Which absolutely, is absolutely. But I'm not going to listen to this tokenism chat i'm not going to accept it somebody tweeted me on the weekend and said i was being a feminist for the sake of feminism yes well, welcome to laura jane jones that is my personal remit in life i feel very frustrated by the conversations around this regardless of the fact that you are you know obviously one of my best friends i am sick to my back teeth of the attitude that some people have displayed towards women in this sphere all women and i'm not standing for it anymore go girl <laughs> should we move on uh, to actually talking about the, the rugby um ireland obviously um it, do you know what it's a weird one that game because i'm not sure how reflective the scoreline was so what did you make of ireland you know it, it was actually quite an impressive performance i think from ireland their defensive shape smothered italy who aren't a bad team it's a really it's really bizarre they they do everything great apart from like 15 meters from the try line like they don't just don't seem to 
earn the points for all their work. It's kind of like it needs to be like a boxing match for them where you get to like, get a get a little point if you like do a good shot or something. Um, yeah, I, I think Johnny Sexton was pretty pumped, um, and it was good to see him play well. I think a lot of people, including myself, have you know always said, "Oh, if he's back to his ways," and and we haven't seen it. And he has been battling with injuries in and out. But he played well and he orchestrated some really decent play from, from the Irish. I think... No disrespect to Johnny Sexton. and uh, I'm obviously not Irish, so I have a different feeling about this. But obviously he wants to go on a Lions tour next year. That, that's going to be in the back of a lot of players' minds, especially those who've been on previous Lions tours. Johnny Sexton's not going to play at the next World Cup for Ireland. Ireland have still never made it past the quarterfinal of a World Cup. At what point do they just say... Thank you for your service. You're still a great rugby player, but enough's enough. And, and enforce his retirement. It's interesting you say that because it t- does tend to happen. It, there needs to be, not there's normally a year after a World Cup where some players stay, some players leave, and then the transition changes and you get this real different feel to the squad. And, you know, I definitely, you know, I was one of those players that stayed on one more year after the World Cup after you know my HIA and also not getting the gold and um but there were other girls that left and and it's really difficult because it's not necessarily just looking for the players that are going to play for four years because they in three years four years time those players have to learn from the best they have to be surrounded by the best players and if you just cull everybody I mean I remember years ago the French any French lady anybody under the age of over the age of I think it was 27 gone and it was bizarre it was the most bizarre decision it completely like smashed them but I think it's integrating good it's integrating good youngsters around senior players and then that's why that kind of mesh approach to selection is really important. I think the risk that they've got with Johnny Sexton is the last, well, during the Six Nations and then on the weekend, he's playing over 70 minutes before they make any substitutions. So I think that's where there needs to be a change. Um, Obviously, he's captain as well, so he's been given other responsibilities. I do agree about the World Cup thing, but also it's the influence he has in and around the squad and on, like off the field, um and the leadership that might at the moment be really important plus would he still be playing well maybe because of lions but i was going to say would he still be playing if all the summer touring and everything was was yeah i think the lions informs decision making you've got to feel sorry for parise i mean the first you think so the first um time he was gonna get i think he was gonna retire in the world cup it got called off against New Zealand. He then was supposed to be playing in Rome against England as his final hurrah. It was cancelled because of COVID. He's now not coming back until potentially next year. And he did an interview for um, ITV and he was saying, you know, he'd love to have it as an opportunity, but recognises that the game needs to move on. And it's just really awkward now. Did that not feel like arrogant in some ways? I thought it was interesting that in studio... Drico said, would he even get picked? As much as everybody wants those fairy tales for players, you want to have, in the, actually in the production meeting before we commentated, 
um, it was brought up that Roy Best and Brian O'Driscoll didn't really finish on their own terms. And Maggie, and they looked at Maggie and Maggie was like, uh, finish on a World Cup win. <laughs> and, then, and then the year after I finished on the Premiership, I, honest to God, I was like... <laughs> Cheers, Maggie. Thanks for making everyone feel better. And by the way, I had a kid three weeks ago and I look yeah, amazing. I've just and, I had a baby three weeks ago and I'm here. And honestly, the, and then the other part of the, that meeting... Um, I'm not quite sure I contributed as well. I mean, obviously I was taking it serious, but I, you know, Maggie came in and I was literally like, you look exactly like she looked exactly the same as when she did. Um, like when she was basically when she played for England, I was like, mate, you look exactly the same. Like what on earth? Um, and then I was like, but actually you've got boobs. And Brian, just literally, Brian was like, he had a mask on and his eyes went below his mask and he was literally like shaking. He's just like, Nolly. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, sorry, I'm not with like my teammates. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Should we talk about the Prem final a little bit? Yeah, I mean, aside from anything else, it was the wettest game I've ever seen. <laughs> Honestly, it absolutely hosed out. Like, I can't... I couldn't physically get my head around how bad that rain was at one point. But I think it's because in your head, you know, I know there were no fans there, but the Prem final gets played at the end of May in blazing sunshine at Twickenham. And this was wetter than Otter's pocket. If Otter's did have a pocket, I actually don't think it would be wet because I think they'd have like... They have a pocket. Oh, do they? Yeah, they have a pocket that they keep like a stone in. (laughs) Yeah, they do. And when they go to sleep, they hold hands so they don't float away from each other. Whenever I get asked what animal would you be if you're an animal um and i always say i always used to say otter because um they like being like around the water and with their mates and like playing and like they always look really fun and then i found out they eat other animals babies and i thought that that was really awful (laughs) i don't want to be an otter anymore maybe a ferret i don't know um i I could see you as a polecat or a ferret i don't know what i'd be a pig probably 
they're very clean to be fair we digress from the premiership final Um, you know from the from a games perspective just i want to say well done to everyone obviously you know i do work with gallagher but and i know weeks and weeks and weeks have gone into this but it literally came down to option a through to a point five like 8.59 like as in all the way through the alphabet and then right back round again 59 times in terms of what could have happened I think it's really hard because I wanted the fairy tale as a southwest girl for Exeter to go and do the double but being a wasps player and also seeing what Lee Blackett has done with the the team and how they've just been playing some amazing rugby and not just like incredible attack like they obviously tore Bristol apart but their defence and how they've just completely swallowed teams up, you know, it it was kind of a shame that they didn't get the credit of like this massive return from lockdown. Um, but the weather was just absolutely ridiculous. And it was kind of like, you know, with the 11 players not passing, you know, the COVID, like getting negative or positives from that, positives with negatives and COVID, basically 11 players not being able to be selected, um, followed by that weather. Um, yeah, and then also one of the worst moments, and I just completely get it. I've been in been in finals that we've lost, but Joe Launchbury um, gave away the penalty that basically sealed the deal to go 19-13. And there's a shot of him laid on the floor covering his face and you can see his, t- his tummy kind of going as if it's, you know it's potential tears and it's just it's really sad because he really does represent everything that's amazing about wasps being a family and everything that they've done all of the hard work he's done for years he's taken a hammering um physically and mentally for not doing that well and then to be able to lead the team to come back to get to a final it was it was sad to see but fair play to exeter i was really shocked to find out on saturday that he was born in devon i didn't know that <laughs> It's in Plymouth, I think. Well, I don't know, it just said Devon. The, you know, Dev- the only reason I know that is because we did some quizzes for the O2 inside line, and one of them was what players were born in Devon? England players. And people put me, but uh, 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 I'm a Somerset girl. What Lions player was born in Israel? I don't know. Well, it was a colleague of yours, you should. I don't know. Jamie Heaslip. Wow. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's a hell of a fact. Why do you know things like this? I don't know. I honestly don't know. What you like lo- a little, you like a little, um, you know, you know who you remind me of? Scratch off of Ice Age. There's an obsessive squirrel with a um, acorn. And I kind of feel like the acorn is little nuggets of knowledge that you just like go after. From tiny acorns, mighty oaks grow. So yes, there we go. Actually, the anyway. department at Sky Sports Rugby were known as the acorn because of that. Really? Yeah. I was, I was going to say something else about the Prem final, but I can't remember. You did mention when we were chatting briefly yesterday about the weather and it being cold. And both of us talked yeah. about playing and working in freezing cold conditions. The wettest game you ever worked on. I did a Dragons game at Rodney Parade where they were playing either Northampton or London Irish and they got taken off the pitch during the first half because the rain was so bad I've never seen that happen before or since but they took the team off because the rain was so bad and the coldest game I've ever done was Scotland England at Scotston in the Six Nations a few years ago where you were player of the match and I interviewed you afterwards and I have never in my life been that cold I had three pairs of trousers on I had a hot water bottle inside my coat 
and I was convinced I was going to wet myself because I was my body was so tense that I I wouldn't allow myself to have a drink and I, I've just never been I, I was in tears by the end of it I was so cold it was all is it because you were also so nervous about interviewing such a um prestigious player at the end <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like, once I'd spoken to Sunter, I felt like a lot better. Well, talking about Sunter, England have won the Six Nations. I know. Um, But it's so bizarre. Like, it's kind of like getting it over text. Do you know what I mean? It's like (laughs) just thinking back to Sunter and something that's super impressive, as well as winning another Six Nations, is actually on social media. I've just seen earlier. She has um, supported... Benton Dean, I think it is primary. Um, I'm not quite sure whether it's her primary or whether it's someone to do with the family, but she stepped in and is going to pay for all the free school meal vouchers for half term. That's amazing. That's amazing. And that is like true, genuine leadership. <laughs> you know what? I, I actually think that it's quite funny considering I know how much, well, I know how much Sun turns in like the kind of ground of women's rugby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but actually, it's just really nice that she stepped in and and I know she would not have done that for the media. She would not have done it. She's done it because she cares and she's done it because she she feels that she has the ability to do that at the moment. And I just think that it's really cool. And yeah. and that's the type of messages that we need to be sending. And it's it's really hard because what you don't want to do is be like, oh, yeah, I'll pay. I'll, I'll pay. I'll yeah. pay. You want it to be genuine. You want people to do it for people, you know, for schools and step in because because they they can afford it you know so a lot of people at the moment aren't in that aren't in that position um but yeah I just thought it was really cool and fair play so whilst we're talking about the women's game we have to talk about France Scotland well, yeah that's the reason why England have won <laughs> I, I literally like honestly Helen Nelson we are not worthy that was clutch. <laughs> that touchline conversion like they went over for the try and you were like, oh, this is impressive. Like the, the margin. And I honestly, when, when she like racked it up, I was like, she ain't getting this. Oh my word. That was no. clutch. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. And little shout out to Davey Ton, uh, Rachel Shankland, who dotted down, although she like slid in and I was like, put them, put them all down, please put them all down. Um, but yeah, Jay Conkle, who was immense. She is absolutely She's incredible fair play to her she actually did the did the assist for the try uh, i think it was a little dummy and got on the outside and did a draw and pass and she, you know off off the off she went but yeah what what they've got going on there brian e- i think it's brian Eason. i think that's how you say it as a head coach or interim head coach i i'd quit i'd quit now mate <laughs> first game first game not quite a hundred percent record but they haven't beaten france for 10 years yeah I know how hard they've had to work to push women's rugby in Scotland to get the scene to get the opportunities that they're getting now it's incredible that you know they're part of obviously the shirt launch and that's all been something that's really current but but actually what was super cool as well was all the images and all of the conversation that was coming out on social media from the Scotland rugby no I have to say I, I I probably can't or shouldn't say who, but I've had um, a conversation quite recently with somebody within that setup, one of the Scotland girls. And, and she said to me that there is a level of support that they currently feel that they haven't had before. That's what it's all about. And, and that is obviously feeding through onto the pitch. If those girls now feel supported and equipped for success, then we're going to see results like that. 
and it and it meant so much to them you could just see I was a little bit worried that Rachel Malcolm was going to fall down the stairs because <laughs> I've never seen it was like she'd just been told she'd won like the Euro millions I've never seen anything like it uh, but yeah it was just it was just immense it was I mean I think what's really cool is the fact that the back line, um, in particular for me, played really well. They played better than I've ever seen an, an, an attacking unit. And, you know, Chloe Raleigh at the back got loads of ball in hand, was really devastating. Hannah Smith was absolutely outstanding. Um, and then you've got Megan Gaffney on the wing. Um, and I just think those girls are also putting their hand up for potential team GB selection. They've got a Scottish coach that's going to be taking the, the squad to Tokyo for the Olympics. And I was really impressed, really, really impressed with the level of physicality, the detail on some of the skills. Um, I think the only thing that I would like to see improved and, and I think is the speed of ball from the base. I think the scrum off did a really nice job, but actually the detail of whipping it from the floor gives any attack two three paces um so yeah i think awesome and like you say helen nelson's kicking it's just so cool it's like ever since we talked about women not really being able to kick on our podcast last year everyone's like trying to prove us wrong <laughs> um i think we have to give the last word on rugby today and in this podcast um, to someone very special and close to our hearts, Claire Malloy, Uh-oh. back in an island shirt, scoring <laughs> a try. Like, it's not enough that she's been a frontline doctor during the COVID pandemic, saving lives. She's now come back to rugby and on a return match, scored a try, been on the winning side. Just, we love to see it. We love to see it. Right, I'm going to read you some of her stats because it's absolutely ridiculous. I think, interestingly, uh, Fiona Coughlin um, tweeted saying, the phenomenal Claire Malloy stats, is there anything she can't do? I did reply saying smile for, smile for photos, but these stats are unbelievable. Um, and actually, whilst we're talking about Fiona, unbelievable on commentary. She was brilliant. Really, really insightful, awesome. Um, so great work and nice to have another woman flying the flag but 31 tackles completed two breakdown steals 16 italian rucks contested 21 island breakdown hits 10 carries four defenders beaten 52 meters gained one try three night three lineup captures and a partridge in a pear tree <laughs> into me she is just something else she's something and else. actually i think What's really cool is I know how much that means to her and she works incredibly hard to be in that position to balance the career that she's got. And we kind of take it for granted that she's going to produce a really good performance, but she made a big decision to step away from playing to, to potentially lose her shirt as a, as an older player and younger players coming through. But she proved that, you know, what age is, Better number. Um, and I think the other person to give a shout out for that game was Sene Naupu. Um, she's had a number of challenges to uh, overcome with an operation that she needed to have um, on her neck. And, and to see her back out in a green shirt, I think is just wonderful. Um, so well done, Sene. You've also, you've said ages, but a number. There is no team where that is truer than Ireland because Lindsay Peake became the oldest ever Six Nations try scorer. Women's Six Nations try school. It actually, it might even be Six Nations full stop, but at 39 years old, scoring tries. I've said it before, I'll say it again. You retired too early, my friend. 
I know that maybe I could go for that record. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't think that's going to happen because I'm worried about how your knees are holding up. I don't think we've mentioned Laureus Move the World continues. We've had some sign-ups. I've joined the team. I'm going to start getting my case in. How is it going? How close to Tokyo are we? Have we made it across the channel to France yet? Um, no, not quite. I think we've just made it um, out of London. Um, no, we have done a lot more than that. We've done nearly 300 kilometres, which is awesome. The team is growing um, slowly, but big shout out to Guesty and Nom, who have also had three of their friends sign up, um, which is awesome. And Phil Aiken in particular is one of my good friends, and he is smashing his way through loads of cycling and rowing and I don't even know what else because he's just a machine but I think it's been really cool to get it started but we really do need to rally together a bigger community to to be able to shout from the rooftops that we want to support these yeah. um, men's and women's players in the seven setup and obviously raise really important money for Laureus so yeah if you're not involved get involved and the thing I'd say about that is it's a minimum donation of eight pounds I know that because I've done that um but <laughs> I think a lot of people I think Laureus is a big global charity. You will not realise how many um, causes, organisations are funded close to home, close to where you are by Laureus, how many organisations are supported by them. So get involved. Let's do this together at a time where charities really are struggling to, to put out there what they need to and support those people who need it. Yeah, and you know, the charities that Loris do support um, work with really vulnerable or challenged young people. And I think that that's, you know, as I explained before, that's why I wanted to do it because those types of charities are really important to me because they genuinely change people's lives and they change the path that they're on um, and give them support to, to move forward. And I think, you know, like you say, there's charities all around um, the UK that supported. I think two of them that I've been able to visit, the Wave Project, um, which is actually all around um, Great Britain, uh, using surfing as a tool for supporting mental health. And then also School of Hard Knocks um, is supported by Laurier. So yeah, I think a lot of people wouldn't quite realise that the money is coming in um, from the the bigger part of Laureus that they they get together so yeah get involved help out we need to get to France <laughs> we'll get there um, final note super Saturday um I hear people calling it finals day of the six nations which I don't enjoy because I, it's not a final but what are your predictions for super Saturday Wales Scotland from Parker Scarlet's is up first predictions for that that's a really hard one hey. I'm I'm going to say Scotland. Yeah, I think sure. that Wales, I don't think, have shown enough. Um, and I genuinely believe that Finn Russell and the Scottish team are in a good place. And they're not going to have to face a Welsh crowd. So that is huge. Um, it all depends on yeah. who starts at 10 for both teams. Um, Adam Hastings started on Friday night against Georgia and Finn Russell came on and they they moved that and played a little 10-12 axis with the two of them, which is worrying for the rest of us going forward. I'd like to see Sheedy start at 10 for Wales. It's balls out. Wales are only going to be finishing above Italy at this point. So balls out rugby. Let's stick Sheedy, Sheedy in the 10 shirt. He is the future. Right. So you say that, but I think I'm a massive believer in this is the, the nurturing, mentoring, coach in me. But I 
obviously want people to get opportunities and I love seeing young players put in but not at the detriment of their mental health and when I say that I more mean their confidence and building their opportunity and yes he might be the future and yes he is an incredibly talented rugby player who actually probably wouldn't feel I don't know maybe as pressured as other players to perform but you want someone to have as good experience in their first cap as possible so that they then are ready for the next one and then they're ready for the next one um so i think being chucked in the deep end sometimes happens and it can go one or two ways but yeah i've I traditionally been a nation though where if you're good enough you're old enough if you look at the ages of some of the biggest stars that wales have had over the past 10 years certainly in the Gatland era, it was about blooding people young. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not, look, I, I got capped at 18, um, but right. I, came off the I, got, <laughs> I came off the bench and played seven minutes, and I was also around a very senior squad. By putting in a young players, and actually, you know what, Garbisi, oh my God, a stat for you, Garbisi, the Italian tan, yeah. was the first six nations player to be born in 2000. Mate, I don't need to hear that. Yeah, and he did a good job, so maybe... Maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like sometimes we also need to protect players to give them positive experiences. I also think Callum Sheedy is probably not as young as you think he is. So Yeah, but it's also relative terms. You know, he's only just really come to like performance for Bristol over the last year, isn't he? Stick him in. Um, <laughs> England, Italy, England, um, 100 nil. I, I think we're looking at a, a, a solid 60 pointer, yeah. Okay. And finally, France, Ireland. Which um, in the men's is France, Ireland, and in the women's is Ireland, France. But we'll talk about that next week. So France, Ireland. Um, I'm going to say France. I think if they're, I think Ireland will make it tough for them, but I don't think I saw enough that would stop the French if the French perform. Although if it's the, the, Scot the team that turned up against Scotland, then uh, we might be in for a bit of a surprise. But I think the French will win that. And I therefore think that France will... Points difference is a weird one, isn't it? Is it England? If France win, it's then points difference and England win? I don't know. No, I'm not great at maths. Quickly, Ireland-France, women. Um, I think France will bounce back. And Grand Slam for the Red Roses? Uh, yeah, but it won't, be, it won't be easy. I think the Italians will challenge the girls... Um, and I also am a little bit concerned that a lot of those front five haven't scrummaged for 80 minutes. They've, some teams have just done a couple per game and I think that that's going to be a bit of a shock to the system and the Italians went hard at it this yeah. weekend. Um, so, yeah. Well, there we go, guys. We will see you in a week's time. Thank you for your company. Cheers, guys. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B &B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, 
Movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.